Welcome to The Scrap Show, a production of Recycling Today. Covering the business of scrap metal recycling, we feature conversations about markets, technology, the industry's rich history, and the traditions and ways of doing business that stay reliably familiar. Listen in as guests from across the country and around the world, processors, traders, and industry allies provide insights and observations. The Scrap Show, a conversation between friends in an industry with a rich history and a bright future. Hi, my name is Megan Smalley and I'm with Recycling Today Magazine. I'm here today with Michael Goldstein, who is the Executive Vice President of Operations at St. Louis-based Alter Trading Corporation. Michael first joined Alter in 2009 as a management trainee in Des Moines, Iowa, and he has since held a variety of positions within the company. So thanks for joining us today, Michael. How are things going? I can't complain. I can't complain at all. Thanks for having me. So to start things off, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do in the scrap industry currently on a day-to-day basis at Alter? And what is it like to work for the company? And then when you're not working at Alter, what do you do for fun? Okay. (laughs) Well, currently I'm the Executive Vice President of Operations. Um, In this role, all the yards report up to me through our regional structure, as well as our safety, quality, and project management departments. So uh, we have a lot going on all the time. It's a lot of fun. What's it like working for the company? I might be a little biased, um, but it's a great company. uh, Alter is a great company to work for. We work hard, but we know how to have a lot of fun. Um, And when I'm not at the office, uh, most of my time is spent chasing after our three boys and uh, during the summer, I'm really, really good at sitting at the pool with a cold beer. That's one of my uh, one of the things I'm best at. So, growing up, your family owned Altered Freighting. What was it like for you growing up in the scrap industry and now working for the scrap industry? Did you always plan to go back to the family business, or did you want to get outside work experience? So, growing up, I was always around it, especially uh, you know when we lived in Iowa. You know, having yards in Iowa, I'd go to the yards, uh, you know, with my dad and, and my brother and grandfather. Um, but unlike other people in the family business, I never worked in the scrap yards at a young age just because we moved to St. Louis and we don't have any yards here. Um, but I was definitely I've always been around it. You know, I've come into the office and, and things like that. Um, but I've got a couple of stories. I mean, I remember uh, when I was real little still in Iowa every Sunday, uh, we go to lunch with my grandparents with all the cousins and aunts and uncles. And um, my grandfather and my dad and my uncles would always uh, talk business in the corner of the living room. And I remember thinking to myself as we were eating hot dogs and dried chicken, which was the meal every week, that, you know, I don't want to do that. They're just always talking business while we're trying to play. But I also, around that time, I drew a picture of me and my dad in a scrapyard and said, when I grow up, I want to be a scrap man like my daddy. And uh, he still has that hanging in his office. Um, so I, I guess, you know, in the back of my mind from a young age, at some point I knew that this is what I wanted to do. You know, when I was uh, younger, before I moved to St. Louis, I remember driving through the yard with my dad, looking at the piles and all the equipment. And he always had extra hard hats in the trunk for me and my brother. And I always thought that was really cool going around the scrapyard. So again, it was just ingrained in me that uh, this is a fun industry. And I just kind of was around it. 
before I got my driver's license, my dad brought me to the scrapyard and had the guys rig up a car so I could drive it around and hopefully not kill myself or someone else. I almost did. <laughs> um, after driving the car as fast as I could go in muddy circles and slowly crashing it in a concrete block so I knew how crashing felt, uh, the car started smoking and eventually caught fire. So um, I slowed down and jumped out and my dad said, turn around and turn the car off. And I thought he was crazy, but I went back in and turned it off and ran out. And um, <laughs> it went up in flames and I'll never forget the guys in the yard laughing at that. And I'm sure that was the next car in the shredder. So I'll move uh, ahead a little bit to, um, you know, when I graduated college, I had in the back of my mind that one day I might join the company. I wasn't sure when, how, or what capacity, um, but I was, you know, working in other, you know, doing other things for a couple of years. And it was, and I'll meander for a little bit, but it was my experience outside of Alter that I realized what's definitely the most amazing part of this company. And that's the people that we have. Um, when I was younger, I was surrounded by many people at all levels of the organization that are still with us today. A lot of times they're called altar lifers. Uh, people that have been with us 30, 40, 50 years. And a lot of these people have never worked for anybody else. Um, they've been with us their entire lives. And it wasn't until my first job after college that I realized that people actually move around their career. And some do that many times. Um, I guess I was a little naive. But I think that goes to show what it's like to work for us. Uh, my dad always says, you take care of my family and I'll take care of yours. And that's what we've always done. And I think that's why people have been with us forever. Um, to me, that was just amazing to see. And, uh, you know, we've been buying a lot of companies over the years. The most important part of an acquisition is the people that come with it. A lot of people don't know if they want to stay with us, how long they want to stay with us after the deal is done. But more times than not, uh, they stay long term. So uh, once you're part of the Alter family, it takes a lot to get out. Got it. And you said you worked outside the industry before coming to Alter. What was that like for you? And, you know, obviously it showed you that Alter's got something different. So could you talk a little bit about that time in your career? Yeah. So um, when I graduated college, I went to work uh, in the casino industry doing cons uh, construction and development. And I was working on projects down in Florida for a number of years, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. But uh, in 2009, when, as everybody knows, the economy did what it did, of course, casino projects dried up and I needed a job. Um, so uh, that's uh, when an opportunity came for me to come into the scrap business. And I joined Alter uh, with an open mind, and I was eager to, eager to learn. Before I started, I didn't know if this is going to be a short-term thing so I can have a better understanding of the family business or if this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life or not. But I moved from South Florida to Des Moines, Iowa in November of 2009. I started at the bottom as a broom and shovel operator, which is the only way to learn this business, in my opinion. Um, I don't like the cold at all. I was freezing my butt off, but I knew on my first day that this is what I was meant to do. I loved working in the scrapyard. I still love working in the scrapyard. And I can't picture myself doing anything else. Um, I think I must have rust in my veins. <laughs> so when I joined Alter, uh, the first few years, I moved around a lot. Um, I was in Des Moines for a couple months, most of the winter. And then uh, from there, uh, I moved down to our southern region at the time and worked in Mobile, Alabama and Hattiesburg and Gulfport, Mississippi, uh, where I became the yard manager for a couple of years. Um, along the way, I worked in all functions of yard operations. There really isn't anything I haven't done in a scrapyard other than uh, drive a semi-truck. I've had every other job that there is to have. And uh, like I said before, I think that's the only way to learn this business and to become a stronger leader is to actually you know, know uh, what the people 
are doing or that you're managing. After a couple of years in the South, I moved into marketing in St. Louis. And then I was, uh, I moved up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin as the integration director when we did the Miller compressing deal. So overall, what are some lessons that you learned early in your career in the scrap industry? And who were some of the people who served as mentors to you? So uh, first and foremost, I think, you know, we have to always be honest and work with integrity with everyone. That's the most important thing. Uh, treat everybody the way that they should be treated. Um, we have to surround ourselves with strong people at all levels. You can't do it all by yourself. Uh, those are two very important lessons that I think I learned at an early age that really we abide by, I abide by. Um, as far as mentors go, I think we have mentors at all, different mentors at different stages of your career. Uh, my earliest mentor was probably my grandfather and, and my dad. And now our CEO, Jay Rabinovitz, and our president, Jack Grunfest, are also mentors to me. Um, like I said, at different stages of my career, I've had different mentors at all levels of the organization. And some are still with us, some are retired, some have passed away. Some of my mentors I reported to, and some of these people now report to me as I've moved up. Um, some mentors I didn't report to at all. You know, many people that mentored me along the way include scale operators, crane operators, and other people that worked in the yard. And, uh, you know, anybody can be a mentor, I think. You can learn somebody from anybody. And like I said, always be honest, work with integrity, treat, treat people with respect. These mentors could be anybody. They really helped me understand what it is that we do and has helped me become a better leader uh, for this company that I think I would have been had I not started and moved up from, you know, the way I did. I think that, you know, you can have mentors. They don't have to be just inside the company. They can be elsewhere in the industry. They can be outside the end the industry. I'm close friends, uh, uh, speaking of inside the industry, I'm close friends with uh, Mike and Dan Becker from Becker Iron and Metal here in St. Louis. And uh, I like telling Dan he's my mentor amongst a lot of other things. Um, and that's really because I like reminding him that he's 10 years older than me. <laughs> so Dan, if you're listening in 10 years, I can. I hope I can be just like you. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's important to learn from people both within your company and those outside, perhaps, and you get a variety of lessons. Um, so you joined the company in 2009, the, you know, right after the great recession, how has Alter grown and changed since coming in? It's been huge growth and huge change, um, through acquisition, we're probably double the size and I'll, you know, there's a lot that comes with, you know, acquisition, acquisition and, uh, that kind of growth, obviously more volume, the more we buy, the more we produce and the more we sell and the more homes we need for our products. And uh, this has really allowed Alter to become a major supplier to mills and foundries around the world. Um, we have a lot more equipment now than we used to, which means we have more stuff that breaks. And uh, we have a lot more people and everything that comes with that. Also, in the last uh, 14 years, uh, you know, vertical integration has been extremely impressive, um, especially on the non-ferrous side with the recovery systems. They continue to evolve and they allow us to extract more and more metals from the waste streams, as a lot of us in the industry know. Um, with the number of shredders that we've grown to, we're able to consolidate the ASR at large non-ferrous recovery plants, and that helps us extract these different non-ferrous commodities. Um, we've further been able to uh, vertically integrate over the years by building two new media plants, which use the Zorba uh, to make Twitch, which you know mostly goes in the automotive industry. So it's really the size and the scale that we've grown to that has allowed us to have this vertical integration. And... Um, that's probably been, you know, what's changed the most, you know, since I joined the company in 2009. Got it. Now, Alter sees 
dozens of facilities throughout the Midwest, as well as trading office in Singapore. How do you guys ensure that there's consistency across all the sites? And I'm curious, have you been to all of the sites? Are there any you have not been to yet? So that's a very good question. And the answer is yes, I have been all 70 of our facilities. Um, some I get to more often than others, but yes, I have been to, uh, to all of them, um, which is impressive. But how do we keep consistent? That's, like I said, a good question. Um, and uh, it can be difficult, but you know what it comes down to, I don't think it really matters the size of the, of the organization. What it comes down to is this, um, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And in order to be as strong as we can, we need to communicate across all the regions, all the departments and all the teams. And like I said, it's not always easy, but communication is the key to consistency. Um, I used to say that to uh, the people in the yard when I was a yard manager a small of a small yard, and I still say it to this day. So again, it's communication. Right. And Michael, is that still the case when you deal with acquiring a yard because they might have had different practices? Is it just all about communicating with them how Alter does things and adapting? Absolutely. 100% communication. And it's not just how Alter does things that we're bringing to whoever you know we acquire. We learn from them, too, and really try to integrate the two together into one because and, and find the best practices. Um, and you can't do that without clear communication. So is there anything new going on at Alter this year that excites you a lot? And could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, personally, any day I get to leave the office and go to the scrapyard um, is exciting for me. Uh, I got out of the office uh, last week and it was just great getting out and seeing the yards and seeing the people and and uh, just being out there again. So personally, being out of the office and in the yards is excites me. Um, but uh, as far as what the company's doing, I mentioned the vertical integration earlier. And uh, I think one of the most exciting things that we have going on today is our new joint venture with Toyota. It's called Alltech Recycling in uh, North Little Rock, Arkansas. And um, Alltech is a media plant where we source the Zorba from not only Alter Yards, but third parties and make Twitch uh, that ends up in Toyota facilities. We don't have uh, very many joint ventures here at Alter, but um, this one, you know, what better partner to have than one of the most recognizable companies in the world? It's been a great start to this long-term uh, endeavor. So yeah, you mentioned there that you're in the middle of a joint venture with Toyota. And that sounds interesting. You don't hear about scrap companies doing that all the time. Could you talk a little bit about how that came into fruition and what's kind of unique about that partnership? So like I mentioned, we don't have very many JVs, um, but we've been doing business uh, for many years with Toyota and, uh, you know, built a very strong relationship. You know, our shredders, we had more, we were able to produce uh, more Zorba than we can handle in our one media plant. And uh, Toyota was uh, looking for opportunities and we decided, why don't we uh, try something together? And so uh, here we are. And like I said, it's been a great start to a great relationship. That's awesome. Now, Alter also operates a good number of auto shredders, and we've noticed that there's increasing scrutiny around auto shredding activity from the EPA and other regulatory groups. So what is your take on that, and how is Alter working around some of those concerns? So here at Alter, we have a very robust environmental EHS and ISO teams that help us meet any and all requirements of uh, any regulatory agency. I think one thing that, you know, is very visible out there is when there's a fire in, in scrapyards. And uh, in one way in order to reduce scrutiny is by doing everything we can to avoid having fires. So that's having you know, fire hoses or fire bombs or uh, 
you know, all of, like I said, all of our other policies that we have to help us reduce the fires, you know, our, our inspection process on the inbound, uh, making sure that, you know, gas tanks are empty and things like that. So on top of concerns around auto shredding, I know some scrap companies are concerned with hiring since hiring has been kind of challenging in recent years. What are ways that the scrap industry could do a better job of getting new people to work for the industry? So I think right now hiring is a challenge in every industry, no matter where you go, restaurants, you name it. Part of the challenge with our industry specifically is the perception that people have of us, I think. Uh, Most people don't understand what it is that we actually do. They drive by and they see piles of junk and they read about scrap theft and think we're a bunch of thieves. But what people don't understand is that there are recycling centers in every community. We are a place where people come to bring recyclable materials that are eventually used to make new goods that are used every day. We are job creators. And uh, we're an essential part of the supply chain and the products we make are produced in the most environmental friendly ways possible. I think that one way hiring could be improved is if the perception of our industry was changed. Got it. And has Alter worked at all to try to change that perception with people you guys are trying to recruit to work for you guys? What's kind of the, what are conversation points that you have around the perception issue? You know, I think that's difficult. I think that a lot of it falls on the industry to kind of, you know, work together on, but certainly in our um, regions and and towns and cities that we're in, um, we're very involved in our communities. We really try to, you know, do the right thing in the community by doing so people understand better what it is that we do. Got it. And so aside from shredding and hiring concerns, what are some other issues that you've seen impacting the scrap recycling industry this year? And why are those issues in your mind? And Finally, how is Alter addressing those concerns? Yeah, that's a good question. So every single issue that the world has been dealing with over the last couple of years has directly impacted us. In addition to the environmental factors and the hiring issues, uh, one of the big things that's been impacting all of us in the industry, not just Alter, are the transportation um, issues impacting the supply chain. Um, Like I said, that's had a major impact on our industry. It's very difficult to ship material at times, but also, Equipment vendors, when we buy cranes and all of our toys that we like to play with, um, they're having the same problem. So when we order new equipment, it takes that much longer for us for these uh, for this stuff to arrive. The war has had an impact on the industry as it relates to commodities, supply and demand. Um, COVID continues to impact everyone's lives. The list goes on and on. But really, every single issue that we read about, that we see in the news, that we hear about has 100 percent had an impact on uh, the scrap industry. Um, yeah, so how is Alter addressing these issues uh, that we see uh, in the world today? You know, we always say when everything is right, it could be smooth sailing. But at Alter, you know, we've always I've talked about our people earlier and uh, we've always been able to get through the challenging times because we have amazing people who always come together as a team and overcome any obstacle in front of us. I can't you know, stress enough the importance of the people that we have and how good of a job that they do and we do and how well we all work together. It's, it's amazing. So, you know, all issues aside, where do you see the scrap industry heading in the next couple of years or what do you hope to see happen in light of some of these concerns? So um, I, I do see more consolidation. Um, and another thing I like to see is uh, the perception of our industry change for the better. Uh, one thing, you know, we can say, you know, we are the, the original recyclers long before green was cool. We've been doing this in the U.S. since the 1800s at, at Alter and many other companies have been around a, for a long time, too. So uh, we are the original recyclers. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Michael. It's been great having you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the time.